Oh, <laughs> I don't actually know if I should bring that up on the pod. Anyway, I think to you city should. Council. This is city council. <laughs> welcome I'm to Ellery. city council. I'm Pallavi. <laughs> um, we're going to do some personal catch ups. We were just gabbing off the pod. Nothing new here. Still looking for work on my end. I went on a few dates with the guy who listened to this podcast and I was like, don't do that. Um, <laughs> and he hasn't texted me since. So if you're listening, Hey, what's up? <laughs> maybe he just doesn't want to meet his heroes. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know maybe... what? I think that's true. He was like, that girl is too much of a celebrity. He's like, the pressure's um, too intense. I'm going to have to be so smart and eloquent about politics. And maybe he just Meanwhile, doesn't know. I'm just screaming into a microphone like a banshee. <laughs> just like getting so high pitched that you actually have to edit it out. <laughs> I'm like usually the loud one. I'm the one that I'm like, oh, shut up. Because we, you turn my microphone down before we start. That's, that's why I'm the louder one. <laughs> Because we had to like physically engineer me not screaming on the podcast anymore. <laughs> I like, I need, I need more. I need to make you laugh harder. That's my goal. <laughs> because when you laugh harder, you laugh silently. And that's helpful to the podcast editing. <laughs> you uh, did it again. <laughs> yeah, you did do it again. All right. What's up with you? I uh, went surfing with my cousins in Mahabalipuram, which is in India, and it's super fun. They have the surfing culture has like really grown in India and they're having like a surfing festival like next month that my cousin is competing in. And it's so funny because they're all like like South Indian and you go out to the beach, but they have still surfer slang. They're like, bro, like It's like translated to India somehow. I love that. And they do I want the that like 24 hang tan. So yeah. And there were, oh my God, shout out Santosh. He'll probably never listen to this, but he was my <laughs> teacher today. Super chill dude. And his niece and nephew were out surfing. They're nine and they're like 11 or 12 fucking killing it carving out the waves like right with the the dudes who are like regulars like right by the rocks oh just like God. killing it yeah and then like the little girl was like giving me advice and stuff it was so cute like and they're, <laughs> they're also they're also gonna I know the girl is for sure gonna compete and I think she could win like she is really really oh good God. yeah oh, I did okay I did so idyllic yeah that's um, such a movie it's so, it's so awesome. I do. Yeah. Probably some white people are going to make a documentary about it and like ruin it and be weird. For but, sure. Uh... They'll make it weird. They'll make it weird. Yeah. I will say when I was on vacation, I saw a bunch of kids surfing and I was like, that's dope, but they have, a, their center of balance is different because they're not so tall. Yeah. But these kids were like doing crazy curves and flips. Crazy like stuff. I'm, I'm like, so jealous. they're not so tall and they're like more resilient. So they're like more athletic. Yeah. Like... The older you get, the harder it is to really take a tumble to like fall you, down. You have a lot of like emotional baggage weighing you down the older you get. So like, <laughs> I do think that's time... part of it. Like you're just not used to like, cause kids fall down so much that they're like, okay, that's another one. But like yeah. I went ice skating for the first time in like eight years. You did so ago. good. You posted the videos yeah, and you were so beautiful. For somebody who took a long time off. Oh, thank you very much. But I fell and I was like, <gasps> it like shocked me. I like got the wind knocked out of me. And I used to fall all the time. You were like, the falls came for the children. And I said nothing. And then they and came then, for and me. And I did nothing. I said <laughs> nothing. <laughs> also, like, it's super funny. So my cousin got married and they're always like, we found a girl for you. We found a boy for you. Like, that's how arranged marriages are now in like more progressive areas in India. And I'm all in. Like somebody set up. Yeah. Somebody extended family. They were like, we have a boy in Atlanta and he's studying medicine. And I'm like, show me the pictures. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, literally, like, literally. I know. Like, that's hot. 
I know that if he's a fuck boy, that's not my fuck up. That's a whole family, multiple yeah, family, family fuck, fuck up. up. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. like, being I'll take vetted. any recommendations that come to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll you know what? Resume. I'll send I'll send your bio data to them. Your <laughs> that's like their resume. That's like you know the LinkedIn page with the pictures and stuff. I'll send it to them. They'll set both of us up. You know what I mean? Like I'll have Actually, my family. I would take it. That's a whole ass dating service. That is a whole ass dating service. It's a whole ass dating service. And there's like a lot of shame. So they can't treat you totally like shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Also, the other thing that I've noticed while I was here, the multi-generational thing in Asian families is just so beautiful. It's literally what we're trying to recreate with mutual aid and like community. And it's like, yeah if one person has a house, not only are the parents in the house, their kids and their kids, kids, and then also like servants living in the house, you know what I mean? Like there's also, there's so much more interaction and anybody who comes to stay, like you always have a place to stay. I don't know. It's just like such a bustling like environment and it's just generational like safety. If you own the the building, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. It's safety for a certain class, but it's still like, sort of like idea of American isolationism where you at 18, you move out and that's it. And you don't really go back home. Yeah. Yeah. Actually generational families, I think are so helpful as it pertains to like literally being able to have and raise kids. Oh, hundred percent. Like, because there's always somebody to watch the kids. Like I went out with my cousins who have kids and they're the brother and the new wife brought the kids home, you know, like there's always somebody to give you a ride, like uh, of this class, like there's always somebody to give you a ride. There's always like food, like the food thing is like any class, like they'll always feed you in India. It's very like hospitable nation. Um, They're but not Swedes. It's not like Sweden. Yeah. I thought you said sweets and I'm like, no, they'll feed you sweets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Swedes like that Twitter thing where people invited people over and then like told the them to wait in the room while they canceled. ate dinner. That was funny. That's wild. There was, I remember like growing up, my parents didn't let me go to sleepovers until I was like old enough to not be brainwashed into Mormonism. And you tell me that all that fact all the time. And every time you say it, I always am like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, just but, because like, like you literally did grow up in Mormon countries. So that's, yeah. that's a very valid fear. And they on would, and then on the, and then the sleepovers would be like Saturday nights and then they would de- church oh, on Sunday. Know, they would demand that if you slept over Saturday nights, that you would have to go to church. And I was like, why? Like no. can't my par- parents pick me up. And they were like, no, you have to come with us. And it was just like this rule. So I would have to go, but then I would go and I'd ask all these questions and they get super annoyed. But like, like right, this girl's not allowed to come anymore. I'm like, um, in the celestial kingdoms, like why <laughs> do people who have never heard of your Lord and savior get punished? Like, why can't they be at the top two? And they were like, we covered this last week. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's I'm not Mormon. Missionaries. It's called yeah. global missionaries that we send out. <laughs> I know. But like they would, sometimes they would make me do chores. White people would like make me do chores or like participate in ways that like in my family, like it's, it's like weird if you don't offer like room and board and food, if people visit, you know what I mean? Like yeah, there's yeah. a certain like hospitality in Indian culture and you treat the guests like proper guests. Like, I don't know. And, and like, when I was in Utah, like I'd go to white friends houses and one time they like made me mow a lawn and I was like, my mom, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was like mowing a lawn. And my mom like came back and she was like, no way. what are you doing? And I was like, she was made it me with, mow the like lawn. the little girl that you were staying with. Like, yeah, like she made lawn? both of us do chores. And like, I think I was mowing the lawn or something. Yeah, it was weird. But I was like, this is like, I was like in my head. I don't know how to put it into words that it was like, rude. I'm also like, not that it's just rude, but it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like I'm not going to let two little girls go play with a mower. <laughs> 
dangerous and just like weird, but I, I didn't know how to say no. Cause it was like an adult telling me to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The years that we grew up saying no to an adult, like, I feel like there's more conversation now where like, oh, kids can have opinions and like push back. But I feel like when, at least when I was growing up, that was like, if an adult said it, you did it. Like that was just, yeah. It. Yeah. It's weird. Those like white people keep getting child labor out of us. Little brown girls. <laughs> that's why they have, that's literally why Mormons have big families. Like not as a joke. It's Oh it's yeah. Like, that's why lots of people have big families. Like even in India, like the farmers and stuff will have a lot of kids. Cause like back then too, like way back when, like kids would die. You know what I mean? Like you had to yeah, have, you have to, you'd have insurance to have policies. <laughs> just like, in case. Yeah. Just in case. Oh man, that was a fun, fun little that cultural fun. catch up. That was a fun little round. Yeah. Should yeah. we get into news, current news? Yeah, let's get into some news. Let's get into some news. We're going to do some international news and then we'll end with some national news. And then we have some fun news sections, um, just in case anybody wants to skip ahead <laughs> for anything. <laughs> Okay, we're going to start with the Brittany Griner case. It's I'm sure that you're so sad. This. It's so sad it's what's happening. Very sad. It's also, we'll just go through like, you know, the what TLDR. Uh, Brittany Griner is a WNBA player who was playing in Russia on the offseason because WNBA players don't make that much money here. So she was going to make more money. She pleaded guilty this week. She was detained in Moscow for having like a vape pen cartridge in her bag. I believe her guilty said that she didn't know that it was in her bag which I totally agree because like that shit happens to me all the time not that it even like should matter but, but also like I do want to say like we still don't know if that actually happened or we if don't she even just know if it's true no had we don't to even plead know guilty and because it, some of these countries think, are shady as fuck <laughs> no absolutely and, and also Russia has a, a robust history of sort of like engineering situations where they can potentially take political prisoners. So I think that that's true. We don't know what happened. She had been going to Russia for years, right? To play in the right. off season. This happened, like this happened in, around the right. Ukraine time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's very suspicious timing. We talked last week, I think, or two weeks ago about there was another man who was detained who was a, an English teacher at an international school in Moscow at the same airport for the same reasons. But yes, yeah, so this week she entered a guilty plea deal but legal scholars think that it's, you know, potentially to help with lenient sentencing. Yeah. Um, or, you know, maybe, God forbid, even a plea deal. The family had been quiet for quite a few months. This happened in, like, January, February time. And they stayed quiet because they wanted to help the administration get her home and not make too much of an international deal out of it. But now they feel yeah. like the administration just isn't doing enough. So they've started talking to the media and creating a bigger story. And this is good because it puts pressure on the administration, but it is complicated because it puts pressure on the administration in a way that Russia is very aware of. And so that Russia can now ask for more in exchange for her safe return because the stakes have like only gotten higher. People on Twitter were like, why isn't this trending? Why isn't this trending? And only recently, yeah. I think like her wife was her wife more open. Her wife did a bunch of interviews. But they they like came out years ago, Ellery. They're married. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but she like, she was like, oh, the people directly involved are like great people, the ones that are trying to help, but she doesn't feel like the administration has been doing enough. And obviously that's yeah. true because we didn't even see a picture of her for months. Like there were months well, it's where really like when you're dealing specifically with political prisoners abroad, I think like the de facto like operating procedure is that you keep it very quiet yes. for basically as long as you can. And then when there are no more other options, 
because like the bigger of a deal it becomes to the Biden administration, the more that the Russian I think um, government they, can ask for in exchange to give her back. So yeah. it, it really like only weakens Biden's side. But because Biden wasn't doing any of the things that he that that administration should have been doing, it left Brittany Griner's wife with no choice. And you would hope that they would make it like something clean and behind the scenes and that yes. that would handle yeah. it. But and many people are saying that it wasn't dealt with by the administration because this is a queer black woman. And if it had been, you yeah, know, I think like her wife felt like it wasn't a priority and that if it yeah. was a priority, like and they were saying like if Tom Brady or like some other like white athlete yeah. was because Brittany Griner is like a very well-known yeah. WNBA well, that's like, player. That's the real problem is nobody like Tom Brady or anybody would ever be over there because they make enough money in America doing their sport. Right. Some, so somebody like, even said like if LeBron was over there, everybody would work like LeBron super would not hard. Be over there because he makes enough money. Like, yeah, it's, but. It's but it's really the idea like, of like them no, not because well, she's course, a queer because she's a queer black woman. They Just would not, not working fast enough. Yeah, yeah no. And, and that's true. And there's merit to that. But there is something to be said about like this is, you know, her trying to close the wage gap and like her disappearance, her like being taken as truly a political prisoner is going to dissuade other female athletes from going to other countries trying to close the wage gap in their like respective sports. Yeah, hopefully something happens and there's lenient sentencing and she can come back home. Yeah, well, there's one more like point of this. So as attention and sort of the heat has been turning up on this case, they've been talking about prisoner swaps and Moscow. I would watch that movie for a dude. I don't know why they picked Nick Cage because this guy's way hotter than Nick Cage. Oh, they but, picked Nick um, Cage for the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a movie about, they're not about oh. the runner, but there's a movie. Oh, my God. I thought you had already read that. Okay. No, I was joking. <laughs> so Russia wants to swap her for this guy, Victor Bout, who is an illicit arms dealer and that is detained in the US. There's a movie about him with Nick Cage already. Oh, my His God. Is like the Merchant of Death. Oh, this I didn't know that. By the way, so okay. Hold on, I'm um, gonna uh, I'm gonna make an am- amendment. Um, I think this guy is a white dude with a mustache, and Ellery thinks he's hot. So <laughs> I'm in like a feral point of my life. All right, my bar for hot has dropped so got so low. It's on the ground at this moment. Where I'm this like, dude, oh, an armed Russian this with dude, a mustache. He's like, he looks like he could play like another police or sheriff in stranger things don't he's got like that, like that oh, vibe. The david hopper yeah no you're right he's got I'm like sorry, that right. don't you got mad i was gonna say he's a police he's an illegal arms dealer ellery he's not <laughs> that much better than a cop okay i don't know how to tell you but this it is better but it is better oh my god he's still <laughs> contributing to the gun violence problem okay listen he looks like a hot ellery, player you're not allowed to go on dating apps without my approval anymore because i'm actually i think that that's worried. a good rule i think that that's a good rule <laughs> You're about, to, so you're about to like match with Martin Shkreli, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he need to give you an intervention. That was such a read of me that I really, that, I'm going to think about that for so long. That, dying. that really got right to the heart of it. Oh man. Uh, Anyway, so that's what's happening there. No, I just hope this trade works out and then this man is free for you to date or marry or whatever you want to do with it. Oh, I know, but he'd be go he'd go back to Russia and I'm not going over there. So I mean put a fur hat on you, you'd be fine, girl. I would I would fit in. I would yeah, absolutely fit in. 100%. Actually, anytime I go to New York, people this happened to me when I worked at Trader Joe's in New York a lot. People would ask me if people would start speaking Russian to me or ask me if I was Russian. Oh my I would god. I'd be like, no, I have very thick eyebrows. I'm not What's- what's your 23 and me what 
<laughs> oh, I'm I, I'm Irish. Oh, I'm like fully English, probably. I don't know. I've never I've never okay. bothered doing it, but I have to. Yeah, I'm pretty. And sure that's I'm how like, I know you're a POC ally is that you never did your 23 and Me. <laughs> I want to commit a crime in the future, so I'm trying. Not yeah, to, so I'm probably gonna that. commit a crime with Victor Bout, man. <laughs> that would be a good movie. Yeah, that would be a great Netflix documentary. I'd watch that. That'd be a really good, a bad vegan, but better. Yeah, I was literally thinking that. I was still <laughs> bad bitch vegan. <laughs> yeah, we should do a podcast on bad vegans sometimes. I have a lot to say about it. Yeah, just an extra episode for, for the real fans. Um, yeah. So this week, some more fun, more fun news. Not that that was fun, but this is more fun than that. Boris Johnson resigned, which I truly did not see coming. He, so this whole situation is so funny just because it's so it's funny and I, but I'm like he's like wriggled out like wriggled like a pig out of every scandal he's had for the last three years which have been a lot of scandals so many remember party gate <laughs> so that that's exactly sort of what this is about it's like after, so he managed to evade any sort of real consequences for party gate which if anybody doesn't know he was in a lot of hot water earlier this year for throwing parties at his downing street office during covid against his, his own, own rules and he did it like four or five times. And every time there was proof, every time he lied about it. So then finally this week, a senior member of his government was accused of, or it was earlier this week, but whatever. Uh, someone, a senior member of his government was accused of sexual assault and harassment. Boris Johnson said he didn't know anything about it and didn't know that that's the kind of person that guy was. And then it came out that there were previous reports of this guy sexually assaulting people and that Boris had been aware of it, but still appointed him to a top administrative position it's just locker room groping okay <laughs> it's just yeah. a couple of boys doing some locker room and I do you think that that's how they would feel about it if it wasn't coming on the heels of a really bad midterm election for their conservative mm. party so I think it's it was just... like the scandal plus the idea that maybe their party thinks that Boris doesn't have like white people anymore yeah it's just to get him out it's just any excuse because they wouldn't any prioritize excuse, it was, like the last straw yeah and then like I just don't think they had any, they took a literal no confidence vote. Yeah, they took a no confidence vote, which is like the funniest, the funniest name thing. for a vote. I think it's also wild that through this story is how I learned that Boris Johnson's only 58 years old and not 110. He looks He's 58 terrible. Years old. He looks awful. Wow. Also, he has like, did you know he has a hairdresser? I saw a tweet that said he had a hairdresser and then somebody was like, he has a hairdresser. <laughs> Someone is doing that man's hair. I I think he, honestly, I thought he like box dyed it blonde, and that was like who, no, that was the style. Who do you think has a hairdresser that hates them more, Boris Johnson or Meghan McCain? That's <laughs> your eyes literally crossed. That's, that's a tough one. I feel I was like remembering her bob. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's Meghan McCain because I feel like they put more effort into fucking up her hair. Do you know what I mean? Ooh. I but think I'm there's like, more hairspray, so more pins, like a, like a TJ Maxanista type person, like a live, laugh, love girly who like, oh, she genuinely thinks that that's the move. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's just like an elder millennial, like doing her hair. Oh man, that's so cute. No offense. No, why uh, would you say that to me? <laughs> Not an elder millennial, you bitch. <laughs> You're like, how, aren't you 58? I hate you. <laughs> They're Gen Xers. Stop it. That's so funny. No, um, I can hear my I can hear my knees creak when you said that. Okay. <laughs> Dude, my knees have been like giving out lately. Like you gotta get real... we gotta get back in the surfing and figure skating, yeah. baby. 
<laughs> I think so. Or maybe like swimming or something. Low yeah. In his resignation speech, this is the funny, funniest part of it all. <laughs> Boris Johnson said that he didn't want to leave office, but them's the breaks. That is so funny. So good. Just so purely British. What havoc do you think he's going to wreak after? Like, what do you think? How does he retire? Do they have a Fox News? He goes into the private sector for sure. I don't know where, but. Like doing what though? That's my, that's my big question because he wasn't like, what was his field before this? Do we know? God, if he was in a field, I think he would be like mowing it down. Like it wouldn't be (laughs) anything good. I mean like real estate, like. What if he like invented crypto and we were like crazy? <laughs> oh my God. He's like too stupid. <laughs> He's like way too stupid. My favorite part of this whole thing is that in their neighborhood, in Boris Johnson's neighborhood, they had a lot of protests and they would play during, while reporters were reporting, they would be- play the Benny Hill theme song as the resignations were coming in. So they would try to report on what, Bor- what was happening with Boris Johnson. It was funny to watch on BBC, the ticker of resignations as oh, yeah. was speaking behind him they had like a one two three yeah and there was also this cat called larry the cat who lives in the neighborhood and they opened the door for larry and then the reporters were like is he gonna resign larry and la- and they like slammed the door shut again <laughs> oh it's the oh that's really we're playing funny. that slapstick music that is really funny god so funny and the reason that they did that was because i think it was Hugh yeah. Grant tweeted that the protesters requesting them to play the benny hill theme song that's yeah. funny yeah it was Hugh Grant that's so funny that's the most charming thing oh. that man's done literally <laughs> he's done yeah, a lot of charming so... things I really like that. Well, in more international news, this is the first big assassination that, well, that's not true. The Haitian president was assassinated a few months ago, but in quite a few months, Shinzo Abe, the former prime minister of Japan, who was the longest serving prime minister of Japan, he was assassinated this week and he was campaigning for another candidate. He was making a speech. Somebody came up and shot him from behind with a homemade shotgun. Something I've been thinking about is that it's honestly pretty chill that this guy waited until after he was done being minister. He was you like, can you can job. finish the job and then I'll finish mine. Yeah. But I can see how he was like, listen, I don't like the guy, but I don't want the country to completely fall into chaos. Let me wait until his term is over. What were the, what were the motivations? They haven't said yet. And they caught the guy, right? He's caught alive. They, they caught a guy who admitted to it. He is alive. This is Japan, not America. Oh my God. Did you see those tweets that were going around where they were like, I routers made a tweet that was like, killer of Shinzo Abe says that he was distressed with the PM's job. Okay, duh. But why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about Shinzo mad? Abe's, uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I don't know anything about his like politics I'm administration I think it was generally like fairly neoliberal he had a really big economic push for the country I've seen a lot of criticism of him specifically around comfort women in the Japanese military and how he responded to like criticisms of that or how you know the country like should apologize to the families of those women Mm. but like with any you know with any leader of any country he wasn't extremely bad or extremely good but he was complicated oh yeah it said like there were like immigration issues yeah there was a lot of different I mean much like any American president where even the best American president is at the helm of some really dark things yeah he like in 2015 he refused to admit refugees that were afflicted by conflicts in the Middle East and Africa saying that they needed to deal with their own problems before helping immigrants yo there was like other some other controversies 
Yeah, it seems yeah. like it's a mixed bag. I mean, that's like any president that you would find here. Yeah. There was also a tweet that I saw that said, Japan, one gun, one dead politician. America, 400 million guns, zero dead politicians. What are we doing here, people? Like trying to encourage people so to true. take things into their own hands. And it was like, it got I, a I lot mean, of like. Is, but I do think that that is like actually a really, I know that that person is kidding more or less. But I do think that that's a crazy point wherein it's like Americans are by a factor of 10, the most armed citizens of every country. Like more yeah. or less. that violence never bleeds into class issues. It only bleeds into like interpersonal issues, like among yeah. the class systems. Yeah, it's definitely, it definitely affects like middle class and below because rich people will always be in their castles, just like, like leading their own lives. So they're not going to be in movie theaters and they're not going to be in public schools and they're not going to be. Yeah, they're probably le- they're less likely to be exposed to like those mass group yeah. situations. Of course, like the right is turning this into a, first of all, homemade shotgun. That's awesome. Very cool. <laughs> I want to be that dedicated to anything. It's like when a gamer builds his own PC. Yeah, it's I like so awesome. smart. It's so it's smart. Like, I'm also like, can you imagine like, can you <laughs> so imagine like homemade guns on Etsy with like cute little decals and stuff? I think they literally sell like through no. print, gun printing plans on Etsy. Oh God, we're anyway. so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. People are of course using this as a talking point about how gun restrictions don't work, but we've had 300 plus mass shootings, which is a shooting that involves more than one person. So mass shootings are also three. very different than assassinations. Assassinations. Like, yes, absolutely. I would argue that assassinations are safer because they only have one target. Yeah. And it's also like, this almost feels like kind of, it feels like mass shootings are like a natural disaster at this point. It's like, yeah. people are like, oh, it's unavoidable. It's like a rainstorm you can't get out of. You know what I mean? Like that fucking crazy way. I, 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 I mean, that's a whole other news story in and of itself. So I was reading some article about this assassination and they interviewed a Japanese man who didn't want to be identified. So he didn't give his name, but he was like, this might be normal in America, but this is not normal here. And that's it's what very I, scary. That's what I was thinking is that I actually have hope that Japan will respond to this by enacting stricter like gun laws and stuff absolutely there. They will. Because yeah, like any will. other country, you're like, oh, they're going to do something. In the yeah. US, it's like they're not, no matter what. It's crazy how there's like no government here. <laughs> like just tax breaks. There's no government system. There is government. It just like works for the, yeah, the higher that, class. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we're moving to national subjects. And for us, a little local subject, uh, Gavin Newsom this week announced that California is going to start making its own insulin, which Woo. is huge. He's definitely running for president, for sure. But whatever. I think this is a great start. It's very, very exciting. He's going to take $100 million from the state budget for the 22-23 fiscal year, allocate it for California to contract and make their own insulin at a cheaper price price close to at cost and to make it available to all so he's sort of hinting that people outside of California will be able to buy this uh, but not confirmed and this is a really good example of something we talked about last week which is uh, the largest economy in the country California using its state's rights or capitalistic weight to affect nationwide markets similarly that they do with cars and 
carbon emissions. Like, this is really awesome. I have friends who have moved from the US to other countries in Eastern Europe because of insulin, because they were diabetics and they could not afford insulin. Oh they moved from like Seattle there. So like I actually, when people are like, if you don't like it, leave. Some people have had to for their own they lives yeah. and like and their safety. And people also do go to Canada and drive it down. Yeah, like, 100%. I have one friend who does that for all of her diabetic friends. That's so sweet. So it's like a whole little- Yeah, but it's like, like mutual aid. market ring. It yeah. is really sweet. Mutual aid. Um, mutual aid. Mutual aid. Uh, the other thing that I want to shout out is that from what I've seen online, I maybe do your own digging um, to see how like legitimate this is. But Mark Cuban has a pharmacy that provides he affordable does, access yeah, to common prescription drugs. He doesn't, he doesn't spend any money on marketing. No, he doesn't. He's like, please just get the word out. And it's like, okay, but you're like, a and billionaire, you're doing dude. That. but yeah, I'm doing that. It's I think it's called cost plus drug company. And it's like insane, like how cheap the drugs are. So if you guys need to look up cheap drugs. It's Mark Cuban's company. So one time Yadoya and I got into a conversation because I was like, I think Mark Cuban's a good guy. And Yadoya was like, come on, he's a billionaire. He's not a good guy. Yeah. I was like, that's, and that's true. Always. He was right. Absolutely. But I emailed Mark Cuban to be like, Hey, my friend and I are in a like argument and we're trying to figure out if you're a good guy. Mark Cuban emailed me back. No way. Yes. Emailed me back immediately to be like, that's for you to figure out. LOL. <sighs> Oh my and god! I was like, okay, that's really gross and weird. That is um, weird. But I do, th- I do this drug price thing. I do think he's a good guy. I think it is good, but I also think he should like promote oh, it. Oh no, it's duty. Like- yeah, it's duty. It's not. That's the difference between like I don't believe in charity. I think that's like, your your duty to do something like this. But yeah, I'm like that's good. That he's not totally corrupt, like awful. Totally. Okay, so that's great for California and anybody who has access to California. True, um, and I and mean, I hopefully people will be able to buy it online. And we're know, gonna start having worth- like we literally should have had the Silk Road for prescription drugs years ago. <laughs> like we should have had that. We should have added that to Silk like- Road. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely had a market for like Xanax and yeah, Oxycontin. but they needed everything. They needed they insulin needed on there, dude. If you could get dental work on the Silk Road amazing things would be a lot that was like such a wonderful time in history in american history silk road yeah do you remember rotten.com i don't think so what was it never mind it's no tell me i don't want to look it up no i don't even know if it's even around anymore but it was like a web it's like where i saw like the danny pearl beheading video it was like oh my god it was a website that had like the darkest thing like or like you'd see like somebody would post a picture of their leg after it'd been run over by a train. Oh just my like God. Easiest. That explains like, okay, can I be honest? Now I no, know. Don't say that. Now I know the origin of your Instagram stories because like that explains the darkness so behind them. Say. That is so much to say. <laughs> but am I wrong? Am I you're wrong? Like, yes, you're wrong. That's so funny. You're like, your Instagram story is as bad as the Danny. No, Pearl it's not. No, I said that's where the origin story came from. Okay. Because it's really weird and unhinged. And if you grew up seeing the beheading videos, then that makes sense that you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to share these weird fucking memes with all of my followers. You're like, this is normal. I'm just reading um, you today. That's my job. You are, but you're making a lot of good points and that's why it's hurting me so much. <laughs> me and your therapist need to get together and put together a PowerPoint presentation for you. <laughs> I do think that you would, you would make my therapist laugh very hard. And I think that that would be a problem for her. Oh no. Yeah. Also my therapist like grew up in a Christian cult. And so sometimes she says like random things where I'm like, hold on. That's not normal. <laughs> it's not normal, but she's still unlearning. We're all unlearning, whatever. It's true. 
It's true. Some more good news this week. Unemployment levels have stabilized, not for me personally, but for everybody else. Um, so what's the honestly, point? Can, honestly, what is the point? If it doesn't affect me, actually, I don't even want to get a job until September. You hear honestly. that, new Patreon subscribers? <laughs> get on Ellery's mm-hmm. Patreon, bitches. But not too much because I am on an unemployment and I have to claim that money. So basically, employment numbers in the private sector are higher now than they were pre-pandemic, okay, which is very interesting. We added 300,000 jobs last quarter, which is a lot. And another thing to remember is that, you know, we lost a million people from the workforce due to COVID. So if it feels like places are short-staffed, that's why. Even though we've added so many jobs and the economy is technically by the numbers doing really well, consumer spending and GDP are both down, which is strange because GDP and jobs tend to rise and fall together. But inflation can really affect how people feel about the economy, even if it's a separate from the reality of how the economy is actually doing, right? So maybe people are making a little bit more at work, but it's not enough to combat inflation. Just all that to say that the economy is in a weird spot. (laughs) I feel like when people see, they care more about the cost of daily items like gas and like milk and bread and stuff more than they do about the increase. in. Because I feel like people over time, like they're like, oh, I deserve to earn more money at work. I deserve to have yes. a better lifestyle, but we don't, none of us deserve to have to pay more for gas. So, no. and it, I think that that's a really good point where it is something you see every day. Whereas like knowing that there are more jobs available in the economy that you don't know that unless that you're listening to the news. And even if you are listening to the news, like you can't, like, I don't know what that, I know what it means, but I can't visualize what it means. Yeah. It doesn't affect you personally, but I also think that it was interesting. I saw something about how like part of the strategy of the Democratic Party was to have people represent how well inflation is going or like explain how it's going or their strategy for it. And it's like nobody like nobody gives a shit about these weird economic strategies that aren't going to have an effect on them during the Biden administration or that Mm. are these like abstract concepts that they can't wrap their head around like. People care about if they're employed now or not. They care about COVID. They care about abortion rights. Like they don't, they don't want to hear about like this thing that they don't even understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a macroeconomic take of why inflation happens and like what's yeah. next. And it also is so affected by international, like it's so affected by the war in Russia. It's affected by like international factors that we just can't do anything about that. I mean, I'll never say it again, but I would hate to be in the Biden administration trying to carve that talking point out. Oh, that's crazy because they reached out to me for a job for you. <laughs> and Kamala just I mean, wanted it would be you. So funny if you worked in the administration. Yeah. If you, were like, yeah. if you were like, yeah, they needed like a writer's PA or something. I don't even yeah. know what jobs there no, are. Kamala <laughs> wants you to like rewrite her stuff so that it's more I redundant. Actually, I was about to say, I actually do think I could give her a few tips. There. That's what I'm saying. There were some really great tweets about that this weekend. Very Dude, funny. our friend got raked over the coals because that was so stupid. That our was friend, so I don't want to dwell on it. People were but calling she was her. Right and she was funny. She was right. She was funny. And then people were saying they they got so wrapped up. The K Hive got so wrapped up in like being upset about the tweet that they were making like they weren't even making sense and were calling people who were friends of hers like racist when they were, when those friends were making fun of like white people, it was like, it was like, they just went after everyone involved. still existed. I really didn't know that that was, I was like, are those, are those bots? Be honest. Like are people paying those accounts? 
people. But I think that they're like real people who were like, she's the first, you know, representative of these demographics of people. And it's like, well, she's bad at it. Yeah. So like, like that's a little tokenism taking place. I'm like, let's not act like everybody I mean, of that orientation is her. Like that's so I like also like I got, you know, it was cool to see people in saris and, and hear her like say in a thumbnail word when she was up there. Cause like her, her family's from like the same area that my family's from, but it's like, she's still a cop and she still doesn't give a shit about like refugees. And she still is like, sounds insane when she talks because she like keeps repeating herself. There are all no, these clips. Like, I know, but that that's like really what's confusing to me is I'm like, if I was a politician and I was put in a tough spot and I had to like not lie, but like not reveal my hand, I think I could do a better job than that. And I didn't graduate college. I'm like, does she, does she not have a speechwriter? Does she not have anybody looking out for the way that she sounds? I'm like the, the sound bites that are coming out of this administration. I'm like, they're so woefully unprepared for anything for even a press interview. And I'm like, both of them, you and both of them. And I think they're rubbing off on each other where I'm like, are you, are you okay? They're having too many walks around the White House together. That's for sure. Like getting a little dehydrated. Like, are you both drinking? Like, that's are you it. on Ambien? What is going on? Yeah, they got it from Mark Cuban's pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> because they wouldn't do anything about drug prices. So he yeah, to. they were like, wait, this is a great deal. Um, <laughs> Capitalism wins again. Well, in that same vein, the White House finally, two weeks later, delivered a statement on abortion this week where it called the left out of step with the Democratic Party. What does that mean? What does he mean? Well, the longer statement, basically, the official statement was Joe Biden's goal in responding to Dobbs is not to satisfy some activists who have been consistently out of step with the mainstream Democratic Party. I'm on foxnews.com and there are so many fucking pop-ups. Now I know why you have no storage on your computer. You're getting like viruses direct from Sean Hannity. (laughs) Like delivering to your computer just to stop our podcast from happening. (laughs) Okay, one more time. Joe Biden's goal in responding to Dobbs is not to satisfy some activists who have been consistently out of step with the mainstream of the Democratic Party. It's to deliver help to women who are in danger and assemble a broad-based coalition to defend a woman's right to choose, which is exactly what the left coalition wants, except for we all fucking got him the White House. So I'm not sure. I don't understand why they keep attacking people on the left rather than the fucking Republicans. Like do your job. Like they talk about us being divisive. They talk about activists being divisive and not falling in line with the party. And it's like, you chose that statement to be anti your, the people who voted for you rather than voted for you rather than like develop and like promote an actual strategy you didn't say anything. You just became more divisive. You didn't give us anything to root for. There's nothing to vote for you in 2024. There's nothing to help us with the midterms. You're not giving, like, you You keep attacking the people that got you in there. What are you doing? Attack the Republicans instead of, like, making pl- deals behind the doors with Mitch McConnell. I don't understand. Dude, They're literally, like... I'm- we keep saying that they were morphing into one party and that's what they're doing. They're catering to bad faith deals with the Republicans yeah. rather than Absolutely. the people who actually support them. I mean, you put it so well, like that's everything I'm feeling and more. And it really is just like, you're, you're literally offering the people who will vote for you. Nothing like people in the middle don't care. This is not an issue where people are in the middle. You're, you're literally giving us nothing. You're giving us no reason to back you. And actually you're giving us reason to sort of dislike you. So like, what is it? 
what is it? Are you going to do anything that we asked you? Like people who are you and I's age, we came out in numbers. We did all the right things. You know, we phone banked, we called, we made sure all of our friends were voting and like, what are we getting? Why would we ever do it again? And I'm sorry, bitch, but, and we'll talk about this later, but I just saw Sri Lanka storm their president's thing, okay, and overthrow them. And they did that shit to the Capitol. And you're telling activists not to fuck around. Do you think that's going to make activists quiet down? Is that what you no, think is going to happen? Like, why can't we do something like that? I'm like, I saw this tweet that was like every, every like regime in history, every like government in history has wanted you to like not know how easy it is to do this. And it included the, the video of like the Capitol being stormed in Sri Lanka. And it's yeah. like, it does feel like at least American activists on the left are so far removed from what it like actually takes to push forward a revolu revolution. Like, and then people will get mad, like the abortion protesters this week where Brett Kavanaugh was at a restaurant and people on the left were like, well, he deserves like a right to a nice dinner. And it's like, no, the fuck, fuck he, he doesn't. No, no, he does not. No, he doesn't. Actually, but, uh, the, actually. The, the other thing is like, I feel like with protesting, even with the BLM protests of 2020, like I couldn't go initially because I was like really worried about COVID and I have a respiratory condition and it got, eventually got me. But I remember my friends <laughs> were later, getting- though two years later, but I remember my friends who went to the, the initial protest, like it was fucking scary. It was scary. Yeah. And they put their lives on the line and they were on the front lines with cops and they were running they got arrested. Some of them like had, you know, uh, like actual tear gas, actual consequences. We, and then yeah, by the time, bullet wounds. and by the time I was able to go to one, it was like a fucking party. And it's like, if you're go out there, like, like having a really good time, like, I remember like my white friends too, were like, it's so peaceful. And I'm like, that's not what the fuck a protest is supposed to be. Like, ideally you don't want anyone to get hurt, but that doesn't like, it, none of these have been changing anything. Like where, where has there been yeah. change? Like you well, can't also like, it can't be a picnic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I do think that there's space for both, right. Specifically, like I think a lot of protests can be block parties. I think the main thing is that we ask, you know, we follow the lead of whoever is the affected group. And then we put ourselves in front of like whatever dangers might be coming. But yeah. like, it is sort of like, I, especially in 2020, there were so many mass protests that I was like, okay, this has to be the thing. This has to be the thing. But it's like, it never is the thing because we aren't allowed to close down any freeways. We aren't allowed to sit anywhere too long. Like we're allowed to protest, but the protest is you have to get a city permit. It lasts four hours long and everybody has to be home by the time that they say everybody has to be home by. Otherwise they bring out like the literal tanks and like the national guard, the national. Oh my God. Do you remember that? That was a few blocks away from me. That was there, there was one day there were 15 helicopters outside my apartment. Yeah, me too. I was in downtown. I have a, I have a picture of sunset and the National Guard. Like I was like walking on sunset. Like I was, was walking Lord. my friend's dogs and my friend's dog. And like I was scared because of the curfew in downtown. Like I was terrified to walk yeah. the dog there. Like, Do you remember also how like they would t tell you a curfew and then 30 minutes before they would change it and earlier to earlier so everybody was still out on the streets so that they could start rounding people up it was really fucked up but yeah that's well, the point is if, if you protest within the rules that's never going to make them uncomfortable and it's no. like you have to protest outside of what makes them comfortable you have to go after them when they're at restaurants you have to make their life miserable because they're allowed they're killing people they are actually killing people so also, it's like as it pertains to like the right to privacy i'm like you completely destroyed the right to privacy with the dobbs decision so i'm not sure like why you think it like 
doesn't affect you. Still. Yeah. And then it's also like, okay, the Supreme Court also decided that anti-abortion protesters have a right to protest outside of abortion clinics. So does that not apply to like pro-choice people? And like, yeah. anyway, I mean, back to the story, there's admittedly like really not much writing can do, save for like some executive orders. I mean, it's hard to see that the rhetoric of vote is like very unhelpful and like pisses a lot of people off. <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, wait, like the rhetoric of like, go vote. Yeah. Keep like, going to vote. Yeah. 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 yeah but- keep, keep showing. Or like we, you know, we'll, we'll make a referendum on this in November. Like it's not helpful. We've done that every November and people are dying right also, now. Also. Yeah. People are dying right now. That's the thing is like the more times you tell us to vote, it's like, there's only like, we did that. We're doing that. We did We're that. going to do We're that. Doing that. What, you didn't deliver you on do? Actually, any like, of the I think promises I already voted that you made. for you. Yeah. I already voted for you. So what did that first vote not help enough? Like what's going on, sir? This isn't prom queen, bitch. <laughs> mm, but it kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. We're going to carry really them. Nice. We're going to fucking carry them. That's the thing is like, what is like, what, what option do I have now? I mean, cause I still have to show up and fucking vote for them. Cause there's no third party. Op- I mean, anyway, Merrick Garland, the attorney general has already said that it's not something that he will be pursuing federally and that all service members will have access to abortion regardless. I think that like Biden could at least, you know, offer to commune anybody who's jailed for abortion or abortion providers. Like pardon, um, basically, like offer yeah. commute their sentences. You mean commute? Yeah, commute their sentences. Yeah, and it's also something I've been thinking about a lot. Is like the leak draft gave them so much time to organize, and they only just asked us for more money, and they didn't think of anything to do at all. Listen, babe, a GoFundMe is also an or- <laughs> an organized response. <laughs> Our government is literally GoFundMeing their way to the next election, dude. Do you want to hear something crazy and sad? Yes, obviously. GoFundMe is the second largest health insurer in America because of how many people use it to cover their medical expenses. And funeral expenses. And funeral expenses. Funeral expenses when people are shot at by cops. That's like, that's like at every, because for like a long time, I was sending uh, a mailing list out about BLM stuff. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I was sending were GoFundMes for unarmed black men who had been killed by the cops. Oh, it's just so... So it's a lot. It's it's crazy how these things end up this way. Like I bet GoFundMe, I think they even made a statement that that wasn't the intention of what their site was for. And now it's become this crazy thing. It should be for like people who want to like make movies or like fund their art. Do you know what I mean? It shouldn't be for like life or death. But that's what happens like in the collapse of an administrative state and the collapse of like any sort of social welfare state when the only tax breaks are given are given to businesses. Like that's, that, that's our, like everything now in America is private. Like I tried to call fucking poison control the other day. They're all privatized services and they all cost $75. That's insane. That's insane. Also, (laughs) I was thinking that about like, like with the rise of OnlyFans and the rise of like sex workers, I feel like there was like a rise in sex workers during the pandemic, or maybe it just translated to online. I'm not sure of the numbers, but I know that like, I made a lot of friends who were sex workers during the pandemic and it was from being online more and stuff. And it's like some sex workers like choose to be sex workers because they want to, and it's fun. And it's like, whatever, that's a great choice. But there were a lot of my friends who chose that because they didn't have any other option for like working and, you know, like getting an income. And so it's like, they're made more vulnerable by society when there's no offer for any other option for, for a lot of them. You know what I mean? Sure, there's I no... think like that all goes back to like the 
ability to choose. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the the agency to decide what sort of work you want to do. Yeah. And like that's true of all work, right? Like I just applied for like a house cleaning position and that's not necessarily like, not that there's anything wrong with that, not that there's anything wrong with sex work, but meaning like, is that a choice that I would make for myself if I had enough money to do something else? I don't know. Maybe it would be because I like it and, you know, I can work, make my own schedules, but maybe it wouldn't be. But the whole point is, is that like in a successful society, people have wiggle room to make decisions where they're survive. It's not like I need I guess, to do this or I will not survive. Yeah. I guess what I was trying to say is that was like one job, kind of like how we have like Patreons and like all of these other things. Like there are so many, and it's like, or Uber or Lyft or whatever. There are so many, it's like, like gig economy culture. It's, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's gig economy culture. It's you need like, like more jobs instead of just like one stable job that will give you health insurance and all of these benefits and everything. I, I'm only referencing OnlyFans, but because during the pandemic, it was easier for people to do OnlyFans than like Lyft or Uber or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because of COVID, but like they could do it from home. So it did fill the gaps for like a lot of my friends. And so I, yeah, you don't want to have to do all these like side hustles and side jobs, but like that in particular, like sex workers are made more vulnerable, I think. And even like bus drivers and stuff, there's like, that's a dangerous job, you know, and they aren't protected by the government. Like, so there are all these jobs where they're forced to do because the government doesn't take care of them and doesn't offer them these other benefits that they need to have in order to survive. And so then they take it into their own hands and they're further marginalized and further pushed to the the exteriors of society. You know what I mean? Not just sex workers, but like all these other occupations as well. Workers at a certain level. Yeah. No, and it's true. And then I would also, this is a little bit tinfoil hat of me, but I think that there's like some good talking pieces that back it up specifically like when Jerome or actually this is a more recent example, Mitch McConnell this week was like the labor force is suffering because people are flush off their stimulus checks. The $1,400. Are you kidding me? But my, My point being is that like there are certain, you know, parties in the government. Let's not actually, this is true on both parties, but like, they see a utility in keeping an underclass because that means that there's always readily available labor. Yeah. And like if people can opt out of jobs that don't seem good to them, then those sectors have to offer more money. They have to be safer. They have to make the jobs more appealing to people. But yeah. if there's always an underclass of people who are desperate for work, desperate for another paycheck, will, will do anything to make ends meet then like all of these private companies have no staffing problems. And so there's really, there really is utility in making sure that some people, you know, can't always pay their bills. Yeah. Because they wouldn't choose to work in certain areas. Because they wouldn't choose to work in those sectors, you know, should they be safe, whatever it is that that they do or don't like truckers, for example, they have like their, their, their mortality rate is like really high, right? Like they, they also make a lot of money and it still is just, but it's like, Here's the other thing. It's like physical. It's like being a coal miner. It's like, or a, even a football player. It's using like your physical body. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're trading, you're, tra- labor. you're trading your actual health and body and like your mortality. Before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And who wouldn't do that for, you know, the right amount of money. Yeah. All right. We're going to play some games. Okay. We're going to play some games. We're going to get fun. This first one is called Name Your Government Building. Oh so my God. all of the bills this week on the docket for Fuck, Mary Kill, they were all different post offices being named different things. So I was like, that's boring. This is interesting. In this scenario, through eminent domain, you get to name any building you want. It doesn't need to be a government building. It can be a private business, but you have to specify what the building is, where it is, and what you would name it. 
And for context, most government buildings are named after people, but you don't have to go that direction. I feel like I want to go after Disney. <laughs> I want to rename Disney. Wasn't he like anti-Semitic or something? I think there's a rumor that he was like a Hitler youth, but I cannot confirm that. Let's rename it to some like Jewish icon or, you know what I mean? Let's like Anne claim Frank Disneyland <laughs> and Frank's Disneyland. <laughs> Justin Bieber goes there and he was like, she would have loved this. She would have loved me. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is like, she would have loved me. <laughs> and the thing is, sure. is, you can't prove him wrong. You can't prove him wrong. You can't. It's like how people are like, Martin Luther King would have been on our side. <laughs> well, we can't ask him, can we? Nope. Um, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to rename Disneyland to Anne. Why'd you no, say Anne Frank's Disneyland? Pitch. That was my pitch. No. You have to think of your own. Yes. <laughs> what about um, Eli Wiesel or something? <laughs> okay. Of Night. Of, oh, yeah. The author. Yeah. yeah. The, the man who, while he was still alive, was baptized by the Mormon church against his, like, you know how they do the baptisms of like dead people so they can make them Mormon. They oh, didn't know, didn't know he they was, that. They, oh yeah, they do. They try to. And so then you, there was like in high school, we would go, there was like make Ew. a Mormon atheist.com as like a retaliation against it. Oh, good. And, but like, and so we would just like put in their names, but like they're atheists now, but, um, but uh, they would do this to fucking dead Jewish people who died in the Holocaust for Yo. their religion. And so they did That's it to Eli so Wiesel wrong. while he was alive. So he's going to, it's going to be like the anti-Mormon Eli Wiesel, whatever, <laughs> amusement park. <laughs> oh my God. We're going to, we're going to reverse baptize Mormons in the teacups, I think. <laughs> As they're spinning around, slashing. Yeah. We're going to shake the God out of them. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. That's a good one. Thank you. Are you going to do the game? Are you going to? Sure, I'll do this. Game? I'll do this next one. Um, okay. I think I'm going to rename the Jack in the Box on Sunset. Um, oh, that got, has a fence around it, but I can't tell if it's being torn down or not. And I might I might name it the Hillary Duff Playhouse. Oh, my God. I love that. Because yeah, and it'll be like a theater. Because the McDonald's playhouses have or play places have gone away. And so it's oh, like they fun. did in the pandemic, didn't they? Yeah. Kids wow, will that, never know what it's what like to us. Yeah, I feel this like it might have started us. the pandemic, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, those shits were so dirty. They were disgusting. They were so dirty. There's no way they clean those regularly. How could they? They'd have to take out all of the balls. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah, that's nasty. All right, our next game is we're going to talk about Sri Lanka right now. So strap in, folks. Basically, like we discussed earlier, protesters there are occupying the palace or like, you know, they flooded it. Things have calmed down this week, but in the midst of an intense economic crisis, they stormed the Capitol. Um, there were really fun videos on social media of people like jumping in and using the pool. It was crazy. There were so many protesters who came in. It was there like a, a lot it was people. very like inspirational in terms of like one some of the largest so, protests here. Yeah, it was huge. It was very inspirational. Supposedly there are still armed guards at the Capitol, but they're letting people tour. The prime minister and somebody else quit. And that's what they were asking. And so this game is, what government official's house would you storm? And what's the first thing that you would use there? And we can also open this game up to oligarchs. So any American oligarchs that you can think of. I don't know what are in people's houses. You kind of have to do some guessing. But again, you're allowed to pick like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, any of those people. Oh, really? But, oh, an American oligarch. Yeah, like a billionaire. How could you not like try to try to steal like a, a space shuttle? <laughs> 
could you That's not? the first thing you do. Because I, I'm like, but then I'm like, do you, are you going to fly it out of, into space? Like, what are you going to do with it? Maybe. I feel like you could commandeer a space shuttle. Yeah, but then you need to commandeer the stat, like the people who fly it, like. Oh, I probably have, I probably you know. You have friends. You probably I probably people. have. Oh, I, don't I have friends either. who like built some of the SpaceX rockets. Yeah. Like I, I have friends. You can definitely source help. Yeah, I get source help. I'm going to steal, I'm going to steal a SpaceX shuttle because the blue origin, like all that shit, that's like, that's like low class facials. I'm sorry, but, but Jeff joined the game too late. Are you flying it to space or you I'm, just want to like have it? I'm going to, I'm going to fly it to space. And what I'm going to do, Ellery. We have already, we have, as, as earthlings, we have already created garbage in space that has landed on like Mars or something. I don't know, like not Mars, the moon, something. I don't know. There was some, 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 we've already like sent garbage up. I'm going to collect Elon's fucking car that he left up there. I'm going to do like a beach clean, but like for space. Do you know what I mean? That's actually hot. I love that. That's very, very that's admirable. I like that a lot. That's a good. Thing It'll be to do. fun, and then we get to go to space. You know, yeah. we get to be like and fuck you, out, William like, Shatner. I went high or whatever. Huh? Yeah, the Doritos. <laughs> said, like, whatever rappers are in space. Diet yeah. Coke cans. I thought you meant like like rappers. Yeah, <laughs> we, we like rappers it. out there. That's our first left, message like, to the aliens. Fifty Cent up there. <laughs> Listen, if somebody should make contact, I think he would do a good job of summing up what's happening. I think he would be like he would have a hard line because he like he's so petty, but for good. You know what I mean? So petty, so <laughs> have you seen that tweet that he has where he's like, I can't believe my bitch ass grandma asked me to take out the trash. <laughs> he bought he and Ja Rule have had a feud and he bought the first four rows of Ja Rule's concert out so that Ja Rule would have no one in the first four rows. <laughs> Shut up. That's- and then he was like, I got them on Groupon, so they were only $15, you bitch. Yeah, so me, I love and, that. me and 50 are wow. going to be in space. If you want to come, we're going to do a beach cleanup. That sounds fun. Okay, cool. That sounds fun. What are you going um, to take over? Okay, I was actually thinking about this, and I'm like, it would probably be stupid easy to just break into one of Jeff Bezos's house and steal like his super nice latte maker or whatever. Just take all the amenities that I would never buy myself ever. Like maybe just an electric like, can opener. You know when they like do those like charity things where they're like take a shopping cart and go through this Costco yes. and fill it up. You're like doing exactly. that in Jeff Bezos's house. In his house. And yeah. the thing is, is he has so many fucking houses is that I'm like, it would take you forever to notice. If I'm just taking things that like you probably don't even really use. He probably won't like care. He'd be like, just get another one. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Do you think like, he, oh my God. do you think he orders it off of Amazon? <laughs> That's a good question. Probably. Really I don't know. Question. He probably has like crazy servants who go pick it up at all yeah, odd yeah. hours for him. Do you know what would be fun yeah, though? I think while you're there, like crazy stuff. I think while you're there, go through his closet because he has like wild clothes, but I think you'd make them look cute. I actually do kind of agree with that because he has really interesting blouses for lack yeah, of a hundred percent. I think yeah. you, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, you're going to like crop it. You're going to do like yeah. a little knot on the side, make a dress out of one, fun. put a belt on it. Yeah. That'd be fun. I still want his big cowboy hat. Oh my God. You look so cute in that. Thank you. Okay. That was fun. All right. Our mutual aid babe of the week. Not actually technically mutual aid is actually a political campaign, but Charles Booker, he is a former state legislator in Kentucky who I've been following for a long time. I think he's really cool. I think he's really fun. He just won his primary, which means that he's now officially going on 
to the general election for a congressional seat against Rand Paul. He's running. Oh my God, please let him win. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And he's doing really well. And I think he, I think he has some really imagine potential here. Imagine if we never have to hear from Rand Paul again. Exactly. Would that be insane? Trump being off of Twitter has made my life so much better. You know what I mean? Like if, if Rand Paul just like disappeared, that would be amazing. We never have to hear from him again. So fun. God, it would be so nice. So his big thing is voting rights and health care. I love him. You can go to charlesbooker.org or you can go to booker4ky on Instagram. You can donate. You can sign up to text bank. You can leave a comment or share with your friends about how excited you are to have somebody running for this seat that isn't like a complete Rand Paul person. That's my suggestion for the week. Yeah. If you're sick of those libertarian bros, just... (laughs) vote for Charles Booker, raise money for him. Yeah. I'm excited about his campaign. I'm excited to see what happens. Me too. All right. I think that's it for this week's meeting. I think it is too. Guys, for some reason, a lot more people have been listening to the podcast this week and that's really exciting. And please continue telling your friends. And if you're new listeners, Unless they're love, people I'm dating, in which case don't tell, tell them, them to, because I think that would expand the pool a lot larger. <laughs> she knows that I go on so many dates you go on dates like I go grocery shopping I'm like yeah, I go, I, listen I'll go on a first date with anybody I'm not sleeping around you hear that guys if you I'm just rate and resumes. review the podcast Ellery Shut will up. go on a date with you and girls what I said. I'm sorry I didn't mean to buy a race for you um if you ha- yeah or women yeah we would love some women on the to listen to the podcast actually yeah we would love that so please continue listening and also spreading this around it's like really it's, I don't know, for me, like, it's really rewarding to see people listening to the podcast and having fun with us and also bitching with us about everything that's happening. Um, so yeah, thank you. I miss you. Come home soon, please. I miss you. I am hoping to come home, but I'm having more fun here now. So yeah, that's true. Take the summer, take the summer or whatever, how long you need. Yeah. Just know that I miss you and I love you very much. Oh, I miss you and I love you so much too. Okay, good. <laughs> Meeting adjourned, guys. Meeting adjourned. <laughs> Oh, we're cute. This episode of the City Council podcast was written, created, and produced by Paula Viganalan and Ellery Smith. Our music was written and produced by Ruby Ibarra. Be sure to follow us at City Council, spelled S-E-L, show on Instagram and Twitter for more weekly podcasts and monthly live stand-up comedy shows. Thanks for listening.